Welcome back to the Pencil Podcast. I'm Adam. I'm Jess. And today we got uh, a bunch of stuff to talk about, actually. Uh, so we'll just we'll just roll right into it. E3 happened, and and I want to know it your did? thoughts. Yes. Uh, my thoughts on E3 are uh, well. I, I think the first thing we can say is uh, the pandemic has affected video games. I mean, in general, like they don't have many games ready yet. And people are like, oh, E3 sucked. Oh, there was nothing there. And it's like, yeah, we still have a pandemic going on. Yeah. Uh, things got slowed down. Uh, the uh, One of the things that people notice is that there, there's no plans to do a Zelda uh, 35th anniversary thing. And I think that's probably because of COVID. Like the Mario 35th anniversary happened because that was planned before COVID. Right. And I think they were going to work on the Zelda 35th last year and it just didn't happen. Um, so uh, they did was i think the 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 skyward sword remake was announced at e3 this year right it was announced la uh, when was that announced that was announced in february okay all right Back at i remember the, seeing uh, something about it they just did like an update on it right yeah they told uh, they just mentioned it they they do have some zelda stuff they talked about they have like age of calamity it's got some dlc coming out uh, Skyward Swords coming out. That's like their big Zelda 35th thing. And they're doing a game and watch like they did with Super Mario Brothers. They're doing that for The Legend of Zelda. Uh, as yeah, well. that is cool. I kind of want looks, that. I've already pre ordered it because it has Link's Awakening, uh, the original Link's Awakening, which is hard to like get fine these days. So, because um, you can get Link's Awakening DX on the uh, Nintendo 3DS eShop or yeah, it's called the eShop these days. Uh, and you can get the new Nintendo's uh, Link's Awakening on the Switch. But the original, this is like the first place you can get it. Right. Yeah, that's really interesting. That's a really cool um, announcement. I think that was probably my favorite thing that they announced. Yes. And then they updated, you know, they, they let out or they released let out as if it's like gas or something. <laughs> they released mario golf the yes the the what was it called mario golf super rush i think yeah and so I that's did, out already yeah i did see a cool little playthrough of that on youtube from one of my favorite youtubers and uh it looks looks pretty fun i ordered it i'm waiting for I the physical have, copy i have not ordered it yet i uh I just have it. I guess I should. Since you've got it, we could play it. Yeah, we could. That would be good. Uh, I don't have my capture card with me again, but it has. I saw the reviews came out, and it went from anywhere of five out of ten to nine out of ten. So it's like such a range on reviews, and I think it's just what a Mario sports game always gets a wild range of views of whether or not people like it. Yeah. Um, I love Mario Tennis Aces, and I know a lot of people don't like it. I just, it had everything I wanted in a tennis game, a Mario tennis game, to be honest. It had a story mode, which was great, but it had also, you just get to play. Uh, there's practically no online play anymore because nobody's playing the online anymore, which is sad, but it was, it's fun. I played every once in a while, but I think that's with uh, Mario Garth Super Rushes. I wanted to see what, what more people said when they played it and got to play with other people online how it how it was how they thought it was 
working before I bought it because it is such a, it is a game that's really a multiplayer game. I've been waiting for a switch game to come out that I'll actually like want to play. And the thing is I have a switch and, but there's just not many games that I like to play on the switch. Most of the games I like to play, I don't really play a lot of games to begin with. Most of the games I like to play are either on Xbox or PC. Like and I rarely play any games at all. Um, but I bought a new laptop uh, yesterday so that I could play some games. The Jurassic World Evolution 2, I think, was a product of E3 as well. I believe and, so. The one where Jeff Goldblum is like doing the trailer or something. Yeah. Yeah. I forgot which uh, E3 show. I did not get to see all the shows. I saw Xboxes. I saw Nintendos. And I saw one or two others. I missed Square Enix, but apparently they didn't really have a good one. So it's not like I missed anything. Oh, I saw Ubisoft. I did see theirs too. So. Hmm. I don't know what Ubisoft really has to offer. Honestly. Uh, th- they have this new Avatar game apparently coming out. But like they didn't really show anything. But they have Mario and Rabbits, which uh, it's oh yeah. The thing about E3, and I'm noticing this a lot, is that the groups that are going to E3 because PlayStation doesn't go to E3 anymore and EA doesn't go to E3 anymore. So of all those who still go to E3, none of the place, none of these companies have the fan base that Nintendo has and Nintendo always goes last at E3. So that means they set themselves up to be the quote unquote winner of E3 very easily because they threw out a WarioWare game. They threw out a a new Metroid game and they threw out a new Mario party game. And everybody was like, this is the best E3. This is the best of E3 because Xbox just threw out a bunch of CGI trailers or CG trailers. Right. Whatever you want to call it. Yeah, I am excited about the evolution too, though. The, there's some pretty cool gameplay mechanics that are happening that have been upgraded. But anyway, that's a whole other tangent that probably wouldn't sit, resonate with anybody. So, I mean, <laughs> that's my problem. You love your like, Jurassic Park stuff. I do. And the stuff that I'm interested in, most people aren't really don't really care about so whatever adam's like i watch the jurassic park movies i watch the tv shows i play the games i follow the twitter yeah even the uh this the sarcastic jurassic tweets which we talked about before yeah yeah Yeah. like you've you've talked about i think every single jurassic park medium there is because you're reading the book i think on the last podcast yeah I, i finished the the books a few months ago yeah. Are there, did anybody like make more books of the Jurassic Park franchise? They did do, um, there's been fan fiction, obviously, but uh, part of the Jurassic oh World, what's that? Is it like slash fiction? I, no, I don't know what that means, but no, probably not. It's probably <laughs> just people writing stories about dinosaurs. Um, uh, you, do you know like one of the biggest sellers on like uh, on Amazon Books? is like dinosaur love books what yeah okay i gotta look this up i'm adjusting my microphone if y'all can hear this so i apologize amazon wait what's it called uh dinosaur 
dinosaur love books or dinosaur romance like there are a lot they're only ebooks and people make livings like making like 60 to 80,000 a year on these things like good livings wet hot alisaur summer <laughs> taking t-rex <laughs> i've never Harriet. read any i kind of like should i get into this industry should i start making like this type of romance book chuck's dinosaur tinklers <laughs> the raptor king <laughs> oh my god things you cannot unsee Dr. Chuck Tingle's Complete Guide to Romance. Oh my God. This is disturbing. Dinosaur World 7. All right. Anyway, I don't know what we're. They did make a, um, a book called The Evolution of Claire, which was basically like a, a, a prequel story about Claire Deering, who was one of the main protagonists of Jurassic World and um, Volunteer Kingdom. Oh. And yeah, yeah. Want Ron Howard's daughter. Ah, uh, Bryce Howard Dallas. No. Yeah, that's the one. Bryce Dallas Howard. <laughs> yep, that's the one. That's the one. So they did I make a, a book about her. Um, I haven't read that one yet. I, that's I kind of feel like it's I'm not sure. I'm a little bit yeah. more than I should. I, I feel like people forget, like, we don't care about the humans in this story. Nobody watches Jurassic Park for the great human interactions. There, there is a, there are a few humans that I do enjoy in the Jurassic Park series. It's uh, Ian Malcolm, um, Ian Malcolm, and Ian Malcolm. <laughs> Those are the ones that I enjoy. The rest of them are kind of disposable, in my opinion. Uh, yeah. Which was oh, why um, Jurassic Park three was so terrible. But, but life uh, finds a way. Yeah. Yeah, then uh, uh, there it is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, I think uh, Jurassic Park also had like this. We talked about before the parenthood aspect of it, and it felt like Jurassic Park three was trying to rehash that. It felt like Jurassic Park two or the Lost World. I don't know if it's actually called Jurassic Park two, but it felt like the Jurassic uh, Lost World was also kind of rehashing that, and Jurassic World was rehashing that. And I haven't seen Jurassic world to fallen kingdom right of the crystal skull um <laughs> but it feels like they're like okay we have this plot and we're just going to keep doing the exact same plot over and over and over again where we're going to have it it's like about children and people trying to protect children and i'm like i just want to see dinosaurs eat people well and and so they did a they did release like a five minute prequel not prequel i guess jurassic park prequel trailer not, like not trailer but like this basically a mini movie uh at, as part of the um fast was it fast and furious nine um like if you go see right now if you go see fast and furious nine for some reason um you'll see like a five minute mini movie about um it's from Jurassic World Dominion it's basically the uh it's set 65 million years ago where they're, they're showing all these dinosaurs in their natural habitat in their original time but they have a Giganotosaurus and a Tyrannosaurus Rex 
which are fighting each other, which are two animals from two completely different time periods. Uh, yeah. They're separated by probably a few million years. I don't know the science on it, but so, I mean, <laughs> that's, I mean, it's a thing. It's a we're thing. not, we're not watching Jurassic Park for its uh, accuracy of dinosaurs. Well, yeah. So I haven't seen that, that mini movie yet either because it's only available to people who want to subject themselves to Fast 9 um, or Furious 9 or whatever the fuck they're calling it. Yeah, but, I didn't want to subject myself to Fast 1 I or didn't Fast Times at Ridgemont High. Have you... <laughs> Have you seen any of those movies, the Fast movie? No, I didn't. I mean, I, I I don't want to yuck on other people's yams or whatever that phrase is. So I've never um, heard that phrase before, but I don't like oh. it. <laughs> <laughs> but here, I, I do not understand the appeal of the Fast and Furious franchise. Nor do I. It Nor do went I. and it just like evolved into something weird. Every time I see a trailer of it, I'm like, this is hard for me to suspend disbelief i don't like, understand what the point is honestly i watch disaster movies all the time and i'm able to dispense disp- uh suspend suspend disbelief yeah. on, on those but these where they're like flying cars and they're landing on airplanes and then they're falling out of airplanes and they're landing on the dry- on the ground and taking off driving. i'm like oh, okay come on i'll watch a superhero movie and captain america can punch an alien and then not get his arm ripped off yeah, that's fine. That's normal. But I'm sorry. I'm going to take it. I'm going to say you're trying to live in a realistic world in Fast and Furious. And you're just like not. Superhero movies, Jurassic Park, they don't live in a real- realistic world. Mm-hmm. But I feel like the Fast and Furious franchise is supposed to be in a realistic world. And it's just not. Right. I. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, yeah. I, it, I do like the not I like the movies now more so these days of the non-CGI movies right uh, I don't but, understand the point in Fast 9 but anyways that was that was a lot uh, so that was lot. E3 E3 there was yeah. an E3 segment so let me <laughs> yeah. go ahead and pull that out uh, let's talk about John McAfee for a moment Do do you know who John McAfee is I, okay, so back in the day, like we all did, I had the McAfee anti-something uh, software, the free uh, spy, anti-spy or spy software, whatever the stuffy, malware software, whatever he had. So we all had that, I think, back in the day because that was what everybody did. Uh, then I realized McAfee was named after a person. Yeah. And then I realized he was a little out of his mind in a lot of ways, right? Yeah. He was. Uh, um, <clears throat> and I don't even know why he was in prison. I forgot. Tax evasion. Um, that was it? Oh, okay. Well, that's better than some people, I guess. Well, that was the... I also don't know all the details. But what I do know, John McAfee, after he sold off his portion of the company, became very heavily involved in the Libertarian Party and that's how I know him because of Libertarian Party. Um, yeah, I'm going to read part of this article just to make sure I give some the proper context. Man, the Libertarian Party cannot get someone famous who is not out of their mind, can they? No, they can't. Joe fucking exotic and, well, <laughs> anyway. 
They they need a new marketing team. They need you know what the Libertarian Party needs? They need Tom Hanks. Yeah. Well or, no. they have um what's his name? The guy from Jurassic Park Lost World. Uh come on. The Chris guy Pratt? No, 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 no. The Lost World. The guy who plays all the who plays he's always in comedy movies. What's his freaking name? Oh god. Jeff Goldblum. No, not Jeff Goldblum. The Lost World uh cast. What is his name? What is his name? George Decay. No, I'm just going to fill in space here while I look for this guy's. I'm just going to say things. I want to name off a bunch of people. Ayn Rand. No, it's not Ayn Rand. Back from the Dead. Nope, not Back from the Dead. To give more terrible, uh, write more terrible books. No, Vince Vaughn. Vince Vaughn is a huge supporter of the Libertarian Party. Okay, I'm going to say something real quick. What's that? I forgot he was in that movie. If you if I listed every comedian who was in Jurassic Park: The Lost World, Vince Vaughn mm. would have been the last one. Oh yeah, they have other people too, but we will go with Vince Vaughn. First. As is Big Boy from Outcast and uh, Killer Mike. They're all pretty famous supporters of the Libertarian and, uh, Party. I was going to say also Penn and Teller. Yeah, yeah, especially uh, which one's the loud one? Teller. Uh, Penn. Penn is the one. Who's like, yeah, yeah, the loud the. I think they both are libertarians, but I'm sure they are. The only time you ever hear hear Teller talk, he talks about um, magic history. That's the only thing. Bullshit uh, is an amazing series. Uh, I've seen enough of it, not all of it. Anyway, unfortunately, the uh, the the uh, the libertarians do not have any current a-listers i would say i don't know if i'd count vince vaughn as an a-lister anymore no and i don't think he's very current either i don't know uh, yeah maybe he, Honestly, i wonder if he retired that'd be wild if he retired and we just didn't know it i haven't seen him for a while as a matter of fact now that i think about it who knows we're looking all right while you are. look at while you look up vince vaughn i'm gonna talk about john mcafee okay yeah you do that uh, all right john mcafee this is from uh the Daily Beast. I'm not sure what their political leaning is, but uh, John McAfee, whose unusual life ranged from brilliant tech engineer to extravagant global fugitive uh, to eccentric jailbird, was strangely reclusive before prison officials in Spain found him dead around 6 p.m. local time, hanging by the neck in his cell in an apparent suicide. After the 75-year-old received official word at 4 p.m. yesterday that he would be extradited to the U.S. to face tax evasion charges, McAfee reportedly asked jail workers at Barcelona Prison Brains or Brian's 2, located in the Sant Estev Santa in Spanish, if he could be alone for a few hours in a cell, according to the Spanish daily Diario AS. Normally, a prisoner deemed suicidal would be obliged to be accompanied by another inmate, but McAfee was not considered by prison authorities to be suicidal. Uh, penitentiary, penitentiary rules also allowed him the right to time alone. Um, yeah, so that's like the official story, more or less. Uh, back in October... Uh, he tweeted um, while in jail, he wrote that he would never take his own life. He said, I am content in here. I have friends 
the food is good, all is well. Know that if I hang myself a la Epstein, it will be no fault of mine. He tweeted in October. Um, he has inspired conspiracy theories in his death as well. On Wednesday, an ominous Instagram post with the letter Q appeared on his official account shortly after reports of his suicide have been made public. McAfee's lawyer, Javier Villab, told Reuters on Thursday that McAfee died out of pure fear of what his life would be like having to face U.S. charges. This is a result of a, cru a cruel system, she claimed, that had no reason to keep this man in jail for so long. U.S. prosecutors will likely ask the judge overseeing the tax evasion case to dismiss charges against McAfee in the light of his death. So, there you go. Official um, story of suicide doesn't really jive well with the narrative. I don't know. I, don't know. So, I, I will say a few things about it. One, he has Twitter. He can access Twitter in jail. It's a Spanish jail. They're nicer than, you know, than. That seems like, I don't know. I, I feel like if you go to jail, you should not be on Twitter for several reasons. And it's not like punitive. It's just like better for everyone's health. If you I'm sure they filtered his, not. I'm sure they filtered his tweets just like they do what? with mail. Right. Yeah. Um, uh, I mean, we could go through a bunch of McAfee's uh, famous tweets and just point out the fact that I wouldn't trust anything he said in a tweet. Uh, <laughs> so yeah. the fact that he said, if I kill myself, sounds like a setup that he was planning on. I, I don't want to say this, but it almost sounds like it sets up a perfect opportunity for him to kill himself and still have his story live on. Because if he didn't tweet that and he just died by suicide, everyone's going to forget about him. Potentially, yeah. I'm trying to figure out what he was in jail for to begin with in Barcelona. That I can't find. Um, yeah, we're going to learn some. Like, uh, the Q stuff, uh, I don't even want to get into QAnon stuff, but let's just face it. Ugh. Yeah. Oh, he was in, apparently what I'm seeing is he was arrested in Spain over tax evasion charges. Yeah, McAfee was arrested in Spain last year for tax evasion. Uh, this is from ABC News. The Associated Press reported Wednesday that the Spanish court had ruled in favor of his extradition to the U.S. So I guess he was arrested in Spain for U.S. tax evasion. I don't yeah, that's, know how that works, but okay. I mean, countries uh, just helping countries. There's probably more to it. Uh, McAfee also ran to become the Libertarian Party candidate for president in 2016. I think he ran in 2022. I think he lost the nomination. In well, I doubt he ran in 2022 because that's in the future. No, 2022 isn't <laughs> also. Um, when was he put call. in prison? What is it? Oh, October 2020. Yeah. Yeah. That's an interesting story. So, uh, it is. Here's the, I will, I mean, we can get into conspiracy theories and all that, but here's the thing. When we say, oh, this person died by suicide, but they really didn't, we downplay how serious suicide is and how it can look like people who are not, people who are okay and normal and like, I will not kill myself, how often they actually do because they're trying to convince, maybe they're trying to convince you, maybe they're trying to convince themselves that they won't kill themselves. But Sometimes, especially in light of like him being extradited, maybe that was him saying like, I don't want to go to U.S. prison because let's face it, 
U.S. prison has... We've already, I think, had at least one podcast episode on how terrible U.S. prison is uh, and the problems in the ethical, moral, and unconstitutional things that go on in U.S. prisons. Yeah. Uh, when we can get in a whole list of this, but we're not going to today. But the idea is like we pretend like nobody would actually die by suicide and that you're weak if you die by suicide when we have so many vets. How many vets per week die by suicide in the U.S.? I think the average is like 22 a day. So see, that doesn't even make sense to me. That's, that's just like baffling 22 vets a day. Yeah. That's I, what I'm I not thought. sure if the number has gone down. Let me see. Average. Be... Let's just do average, average suicide rate, suicide rate in the U S just to U S. Um, Yeah, I, I can't find the right number uh, immediately. Let me just Google it. Yeah, the veteran was 22 a day. Let me just do average suicide rate globally. So the World Health Organization estimates that each year approximately 1 million people per die from suicide, which represents a global uh, mortality rate of 16 people per 100,000 or one death every 40 seconds. It is predicted that by 2020, or this was obviously old, but the rate of death will increase to one every 20 seconds. So this was, um, this is from befrienders.org, which was just the first thing that came up. And... And who knows what it actually, I don't, I didn't actually look up all, how much it did increase in 2020. Uh, because oh, I'm of sure. Terrible that's what I was thinking. Was. That's what I was thinking that COVID probably uh, dramatically increased it. I'm not sure when this, this was obviously taken before 2020, the one I'm reading right now, yeah. but. So, yeah. uh, so I did want to point that out. Like suicide is a dangerous thing. And if you need help, 1-800-273-TALK. Hmm. T- hmm. Let's see, talk is, uh, I forgot what it is. I think it's 8255, 1-800-273-8255. But it feels like every time someone dies by suicide, we want to say it was actually not. And it just takes away from how real suicide is. And like looking at some of the stuff since he died, some of the stuff that John McAfee was saying, it seemed like there was like a lot of red flex uh just in general that he wasn't uh coping well with life um like there was something going on and i can't i don't want to get into his story because i don't know and it's stuff that seems there's a lot of stuff there but uh i'm not saying he didn't get murdered i'm just saying like we always want to think there's some big global conspiracy or some bigger conspiracy and sometimes things just happen uh, yeah, I don't know about Epstein. I don't know about McAfee, but as, I mean, I've been around people who have serious mental health problems. I've worked with them before, and it wouldn't shock me if they, they both died by suicide. Mm. And they just were not paying attention because here's the thing that people don't know: jails don't, and jails and prisons don't always like. Uh, even if someone's on suicide watch, they don't always actually do their job or well yeah as evident in this story where yeah. they let him alone 
Well, the story says they left, they left him alone. God knows what actually happened. There, was, there, were, there were plenty of times where people have died in police custody or in prison where it's been attributed to suicide and it was certainly not suicide. So, but, yeah. And so, yeah, there, it's hard to tell, but I always get upset when we're like, oh, it wasn't suicide. It was clearly something else. And it's like, that is you downplaying suicide as if that's not how people, nobody dies by suicide unless they're really depressed right. and they're showing it. And that is not true. The important thing about all this is context. Yeah. And the situational context that goes around the situation. Yeah. No. I, guess. So, <laughs> I mean, he, uh, what happened to him? If it wasn't suicide, we'll never know that it wasn't suicide, but most likely my opinion is most likely it was, and it's yeah. sad. I don't know what was going on with tax evasion and all that. That's a weird reason to be in prison. Uh, that seems in a foreign prison. Yeah. Yeah. That there, there, there are a lot of things here that we should be worried about, but I don't think the IRS is killing people because the same way that the mafia probably doesn't kill people who owe them money. You don't get your money from dead people. Right. But you can imprison somebody for one thing and, and, and actually be holding them there for a different yeah. reason that may not necessarily be 100% legal. You know what I'm saying? Okay. Like, There's like probably, the Al Capone type stuff? I don't know what... Well, that wouldn't be... A, how they got Al Capone for tax evasion. I think it was tax evasion yeah. that they got him yeah, for. And exactly. that, was, that was the only way they could get him because yeah, they couldn't exactly. tie him to anything else. Uh-huh. Exactly. Just like um, Snowden, if they ever got a hold of Snowden, um, they would trial on. They would tr- probably try him on, uh, like, um, not using his under a, a traitor under a, a like basically being like a, a traitor or betraying national security or something like that. Um, but the reality is, he simply lead classified documents to the press that told everybody um, what was actually happening with government surveillance. So yeah, it, it makes you say they're like whistleblowers are safe unless they do it against the wrong people. Whistleblowers, the, the, the rhetoric is if you see something, say something. Yeah. But the third part of that rhetoric is if you say something or if you see something, say something so that they can shut you up about it before you say anything to anybody else. <laughs> and, that's the actual, that's the full um, rule of thumb there for, for whistleblowers. Yeah. Um, it's, it's unfortunate on that. And yeah, that's true. There could be more about John McAfee. We'll never know. Uh, that's we, well, the, we might know. We might know. There may be something else that comes out. Who knows? Who knows? Uh, his okay. wife is calling for a thorough investigation, so I don't know what that would entail. But I'm sure whenever the, whenever the government investigates itself, it always it always finds itself to be you know it always does it fairly. It always does yes. it fairly and makes sure <laughs> you know. Yes, the government's like, really right. It's like oh, we we did such a great job. Yeah, it's like the thing where how uh, there used to be a joke, uh, a Harry Potter joke where. Uh, Dumbledore says something and it's like 10 points to Dumbledore and right. he just walks on if you know anything about Harry Potter you get that kind of get that he just like randomly gives himself points because he can yeah uh, 
And that's kind of like how governments work. They're like, we did such a great job. Yay, go us. We, the um, government, have conducted a thorough investigation on ourselves. And we find ourselves to be completely innocent in this situation where we're definitely not completely innocent. But, you know, whatever. Uh, not to get into anything, I don't really want to go down this road, but isn't it amazing that no matter who's president, the government is always the government in the same way? Yeah, it is amazing. It's almost, it's almost, almost like, as, yeah. Nothing really changes. Uh, yeah, it's almost like they're huh. two sides of the same coin. Yeah, and uh, the same people get screwed over and the same people still have good things. It's like and the same idiots go through and take sides and they're like, well, I'm a Democrat, I'm a Republican. Okay, yeah. you're, you're nothing. You're... You're a part of the system. Yeah, it's almost as if we've created to. Oh, that is something I want to get into. Something else I just thought of real quick. And I know we've gone on so many times. No, go for it. But, go for it. But this idea of like we created competing uh, two sides to fight with each other, but the same system created the two sides. So it looks like we have to choose sides. And some people would say that is politics. I've been saying that for mm-hmm. fucking yeah. the whole system is set up that way. That's the whole purpose. Because yeah. you see, we, we push the more one infighting way, we you can create. The more infighting you can create amongst the 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 the, the populace. I don't yeah. know what the what the word for that would be, but the more the less attention they're paying. The more I'm fighting with you, the less I'm paying attention to the person who's pulling who's holding the the purse strings. You know what I mean? Yeah, and I will say that we're not saying like every single person in the system is bad. I that am. there are Fuck some them. legitimate things that some people are trying to take away. Right, people often. are trying to t- take away. That happens. Yes, uh, it's just that when you vote in the opposite side of person, it doesn't seem like much changes all the time. Like those rights just kind of are like people fight over rights until and it, the government's like we'll take care of it until it people calm down and the government moves on as soon um, as you give something as soon as you give a right away to the government in exchange for something else as soon as you give away liberty in exchange for security as soon as you give away freedom in exchange for comfort you're never getting that right back like that the government now owns that right um but, so so to go to something just as important yes uh the other day yeah. like with a week ago i think I finally watched a YouTube original uh, documentary. I love watching documentaries. And this one I saw was on a YouTube original. And I was like, I'll try it out. And it's called The Boy Band Con, colon, The Lou Pearlman Story. Oh if you boy. know who Lou, Lou Pearlman is, he's the guy who created, uh, in Orlando, Florida, Backstreet Boys. And then a few le- we, uh, years later, he created NSYNC. Yeah. Then he uh, created O Town, I think LFO, Innocence, some of these other bands. Uh, and I can't, it, some of these you may or may not remember to various degrees. And there are a few other bands he was help. He helped. I do remember create. LFO and O Town. I don't know who Innocence is, but they okay, were all continue. girl group that I think Britney Spears was in um, at one point. What? Yeah, I know. I didn't know about them either. Uh, okay. But the whole story is about Lou Pearlman was a con man uh, who did a lot of cons. He pretended to have his own. I'm going to spoil some of this documentary if you wanted to, if you wanted to hear about it. But so just just FYI, uh, yeah, you have to have YouTube Premium to watch this documentary, um, which I have, so it worked out. Uh, hmm. But he created a fake uh, airplane company. And got people to invest into it, their retirement into it. 
and it was a pyramid scheme. What? And he took pictures of it by taking models and like shooting the models by runways at perfect angles to make it look like actual airplanes. What? That was part of where he got his money to create the bands Backstreet Boys and NSYNC, which are the two I'm going to talk about. What the hell? Yes. He created Backstreet Boys. They got super successful. Then he decided to create NSYNC. And the reason he created NSYNC was simple. He said, somebody else is going to create a Backstreet Boy clone. It might as well be me. And then he pitted them against each other. Oh, my God. That's so hilarious. That whole, like, I'm a Backstreet Boy fan. I'm an NSYNC fan. I think boy bands suck. That was all him. He created, like, Adam and I grew up where... They were like Backstreet Boys in sync that we grew, we, we were in high school at the time where they were the, this was all big and you were either one, the other or neither. And it was oh, I, basically yeah. this one guy had created this, told you, here are your three options. You think what you want, you think you, you have your own choice on this. And we didn't, he just created them. He created these options where you were either pro Backstreet Boys, pro NSYNC, or maybe you were pro nobody. And he did it and he made a lot of money. Lots of money. So much yeah. money. They don't even know where all the money is to this day. It's insane. Like, he died uh, uh, it, while in prison. He finally got arrested, put in prison, and died in prison uh, years ago. And so this whole thing it like had members of all these bands, except for LFO. Uh, two, there are three members in LFO. Two have died, unfortunately, and the other one is uh, not a good guy, apparently. Hmm. Uh, like, speaking, he's not the QAnon supporter. I think it's the dude from Backstreet Boys who is like heavy into QAnon. Brian, I believe, not Brian. Maybe it's Brian. I, think I don't it's know. Brian. I don't know any anyway. of the names. Uh, I'm trying to remember Brian and Kevin. I think they're cousins or something. I looked this up one time. I'm not the best at Backstreet Boys because all my friends, I didn't really care for these bands, but all my friends liked NSYNC. So I was just like, okay, I'll be an NSYNC. Not fan. all your friends. because I was your friend. No, that's true. <laughs> all my friends who had, a, who had a dog in the fight in the boy band game were NSYNC fans. So I was like, okay, NSYNC's nice and all that. Mm. I, I did recently go back and listen to their first album because I was like, oh, what was this like? I'm trying to get back into, I was like, I watched this documentary. I want to get back into that. Boy, those songs sucked. Yes, I, I hate did. to say it. Yeah, they're atrocious. I, they just, they're not how I remembered. I remember them to actually being better than they were. Um, they weren't. And I just like, man. These songs are not good. They look like they have the potential because all the music, all, all the people can sing really well. The lyrically, it's just not written well or musically, it's not written well. It's just like off. And maybe it's because I'm looking at it 20 years later. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, that, that whole con, like it was all started as a con that a pyramid scheme gave us boy bands. A pyramid scheme gave us TRL. Because uh, TRL was invented because of the boy band music videos. Yep. yep. Uh, that whole 1995 to 2005 period of that age of the boy bands, which really was all created by one guy off a pyramid scheme. Yeah. And that is a wild story. Uh, I only listened to the first NSYNC album when I said I went back. So maybe the later ones where he's not involved because, spoiler alert, they sued him and got him kicked out of their management because he was screwing them out of money. Yeah. 
uh, till as old as time, a band makes a lot of money, has a lot of fans, and get makes like ten thousand dollars a year. Yep. Uh, yep. Same thing was happening to uh, the the guys from NWA when uh, yeah. what's his face was um, ciphering off their money, not giving them their fair share of their contract and everything. Same thing happened to TLC. Yep. Uh, it's, it's tell as um, old as time, but th- that's, uh, that's, I guess we can continue segueing into the music industry of the late nineties, early aughts of fame. Yeah. You know, a band was really good in the late nineties and early aughts, Blink-182. And in this week's episode of Blink-182 news, because it seems to be a, a, a recurring we topic. We do. I'm waiting, Adam, for you to do your full, like, the history of Blink-182. <laughs> oh, I need to do that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I might end up in on a sad note here because uh, yeah, because Mark Hoppus, um, I want to make sure I read his tweet properly. I want to make sure I do, do the good thing here. Let's see. Don't go anywhere. Wait, just wait, it's coming. Mark Hoppus posted this tweet. For the threat, I will try again to read. For the past three months, I have been undergoing chemotherapy for cancer. I have cancer. It sucks and I'm scared. And at the same time, I'm blessed with incredible doctors and family and friends to get me through this. I still have months of treatment ahead of me, but I'm trying to remain hopeful and positive. Can't wait to be cancer free and see you all at a concert in the near future. Love you all. Uh, so that really sucks. And I was thinking about it. I haven't seen very many celebrities who have come out and said they had cancer before, which in a way I'm, I'm glad that he has such supportive people like around him to give him the confidence to be able to do that. But also it kind of makes you nervous because if he's announcing he has cancer, that means it could be setting him up for like, he might just be letting people know that like in a few months, if he's not around anymore, you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. So it kind of sucks. Yeah. But uh, yeah. So I then don't... if you look at the tweet, if you look at the tweet and all the replies, there are a ton of people who are, who are posting their own photos and stuff and talking about their experience with the cancer. So it's really just a, a shit situation all around. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, that sucks. Uh, Tom DeLong, who was the other guy from Blink-182 that people might remember, um, said, let's see, he posted a tweet as well that said i too have been aware of mark hops's cancer diagnosis for a while now and to add to his own words that he used that day or he used today i would also like to say he's strong and a superhuman who is pushing through this difficult obstacle with a wide open heart we have his back so that's yeah so that sucks yeah just fucking sucks there, I haven't yeah, seen many other celebrities, any other people that are that are like famous in any way. They come out and say they have this. So, yeah, usually that's. And I mean, I get it. I get like, uh, it's a private matter, and like yeah. he doesn't have to tell us. Uh, like I think back to Chadwick Boseman, 
who died and then it came out afterwards that he had been fighting a, he had had cancer for like five years yeah and he'd been going through it for five years and nobody knew because he kept it private who is that uh, chadwick boseman uh black panther oh oh yeah, yeah, yeah. i know what you're talking about i never watched that movie but i know who you're talking yeah. about now yeah uh as as you may have noticed adam's not exactly super into superhero stuff uh, no. apparently no uh you used to be in the didn't you used to be in like spider-man or something no. that wasn't you Mm-mm. okay never mind no. oh well i thought you were maybe that was someone else you always wear underoos. I don't get that. Yeah, it's just a thing. I'm just gonna be <laughs> How do you know that? <laughs> <laughs> no joke. It wasn't until uh, Captain America: Civil War where uh, uh, the, Tony Stark calls Peter Parker underoos that I knew what underoos were. I actually had to look it up because I was like, I don't even know what that is. Is it just underwear? Yeah, it's a, it's a. I think it's a brand of underwear. I was like, what oh, is okay. underoos? What does that even okay. mean? But then. Uh, it's 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 dumb uh i didn't know it the weird things that you don't know until you know them (laughs) like you think in my 30 something years of life i would have learned that word at some point i've heard it before but yeah so Ah. the fact that he he, well first he posted on instagram a picture of him sitting in a doctor's office like yes one cancer treatment please as if it's like some sort of like sarcastic thing but it was like no this is like legit it fucking sucks so uh really worried about the fact that it he made it public because that could mean one of two things it could mean he's either looking pretty good or not looking good at all so yeah yeah and even if he gets through this we don't know what that means in the long term like Cancer can really mess with you, obviously. Yeah. yeah. But at the same time, uh, there was a new song that came out with him on it, uh, and he sounded really good on it. I'm not sure when it was recorded, but it was with, um, I can't remember the name of the group now. There's another punk band, uh, Fume, and I'll find it. But he did have, like, a new song came out with him this week on it. Uh it is Arrested Youth and Mark Hoppus, Finding My Own Way. And actually, if you listen to the lyrics of that, that song, it's pretty relevant to the situation. So, uh, yeah. Anyway, so that is the next topic we needed to get yes. through. We're just going through topics. We're just going down the line. <laughs> We've had a lot to, to, to go through. It feels like a lot's been happening uh, in our field. So we're talking about shit, shit experiences and death. I watched The Good Place all the way through. (laughs) Yay. Adam finally watched The Good Place. And it ties into liminal spaces, which I wanted to talk about as well. Oh, yes. So here we are getting to the part of the podcast where we talk about good place spaces. No, wait. Good place liminal space. So do you know what liminal spaces are? Uh above subliminal spaces and yeah. below i guess superliminal spaces superliminal is the name of a, a video game i think right uh I, I don't know okay you tell us what liminal spaces is because okay I, 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 there's this there's this subreddit right with 
um, it just shows like these pictures of these different places, right? And they all of them have like this empty and eerie feeling to them. Oh, super limo. Yeah, we haven't played it yet. We need to play that. Yeah, this is the game. We literally, this is the game we talked about in a previous podcast, and I just yeah, showed yeah, Adam yeah. a screenshot of it. It was like, oh yeah, that game. Sorry. <laughs> anyway, I'm, sorry. <laughs> that's not one of the video games I was tracking for E3. Um, so liminal spaces are like uh, an empty doctor's office or like an empty waiting room or like places that like you see in pictures that seem oddly familiar, even though you haven't actually ever been there because there's like, it could be because there's a, a set of like uniformity, like every dentist office waiting room yeah. kind of looks the same. Um, but some of the photos are like really creepy. And there's this whole series of photos called the back rooms that shows like these abandoned office spaces. Well, they're abandoned spaces that don't have any furniture in them at all. But like people who look at the photos feel like they've actually like been there before, even though they haven't. So there's this weird like metaphysical um, abstract property to them that makes you feel like, you know, you know what that place is or where it is, even though you haven't ever been there, like an abandoned mall, like most malls look fairly similar to one another. Um, so anyway, it's just a really cool thing. Um, but it also talks about like, um, there's supposed to be like spaces of transition. So like um, a, a passageway or a hallway in a hotel, right? You're transitioning from like the outside world into like your hotel room. So it's like a, a spaces of transition. A doctor's office is a space of transition because like with Mark Hoppus, he's probably in a waiting room and then what happens to him when he gets into the doctor's office, he doesn't know, right? Just like whenever you go in for, you know, a checkup or whatever, you don't know what's actually going to happen, right? There's always a, an air of uncertainty, right? Or like yeah. anytime you're waiting for like the next thing to happen, like another chapter in your life, like those are supposed to, those like, those are, I guess, uh, more emotional or psychological um versions of like liminal spaces so it's this really cool concept and I, I just realized like i've i mean i guess everybody's kind of familiar with it but this is the first time i've seen like a name attached to it so i thought we would talk about it <laughs> yeah uh and as we said like subliminal you know that phrase probably if you don't know the term liminal spaces and if you know some video games super liminal so yeah. if there's a super and a sub then there must be a liminal and we never really i never really thought about it before you brought it up like the name for it like what would be if it's subliminal what is liminal right like, it's pretty cool uh, um so anyway the reddit the whole the reddit page is um it's kind of trolly because it's reddit but there are some interesting posts on there and play in places that people post um it's not very so a lot of it's tied with like culture too so like people from russia will post these places that they're that they feel like are liminal spaces that, and it's places that will resonate with you, right? So if you see, like, if you were to just go into like Opry Mills Mall in Nashville, like at midnight when it's like completely abandoned and take a picture, right? And then post it up there, it would feel like most people would be able to, even if they have never been to Opry Mills Mall, they'd feel like they've been to that mall before because it's so, it has like a sort of familiar feeling to it. Yeah. But if you do the same thing with a, with a, place like that in like russia or china or something like that it won't resonate with an american the same way because the architecture and the scenery and everything is different um even the lighting is different like it's just yeah it's really interesting yeah 
it kind of makes me think back if uh, when Adam and I were in school, they were building a lot of new schools in our hometown area. And we went to Redacted High School uh, and they built another Redacted High School uh, right. nearby and or middle school. I don't remember. And they built like three or four schools and they looked identical. Yeah. Uh, and yeah. I'd never been in any of the others, but I bet you it looks almost the same as Redacted High School, which I went to. Yeah. I'm with the pterodactyls. That town used the exact same, basically the exact same blueprint and everything. It was the exact same school. They just copied and pasted it to another location. Yeah. Yeah. They like got a a two or three for one deal with the architect, I believe. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Uh, And it, you could see it like the structure and everything. And I think this is a common thing that probably uh, school systems do to be mm. honest because if you go through any town and you see schools they sometimes look a lot alike and um just this idea of like yeah uh, that things look similar and you be maybe you were in this maybe maybe you were in all those spaces at the same time yeah or i mean i don't know there could be like some sort of spiritual connection that draws people to think they've been to places before they haven't actually been but i don't know yeah it's, it's interesting yeah it's a very interesting thing that uh i love the terms we get into like all the things that we see and do that we don't even think about that are there and they're like oh yeah 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 um so the good place was really good yes it was really good. It was a good place. It was a good show about the good place. Uh, I enjoyed. All right. So now that I've seen it, I highly recommend if you haven't seen it to go see it because um, I enjoyed all the, all the, how, like when, when you mentioned that, like there was a lot of philosophy intertwined, I was like, okay, okay, fine. There's a lot of philosophy. There is a lot of philosophy. My dude's favorite philosopher is Immanuel Kant. And it's like, there are some yes. legit philosophy lessons within within that show. Yes. But, um, yeah, even stuff I, about, um, go ahead. I was going to say, I think I remember talking to Donnie, we, as we said, Donnie got me into it. Um, and one of his favorite episodes was the trolley problem episode which is such a funny and disturbing and how on earth did they get that on network TV? Yeah. Cause that seems like that's a little too disturbing for what they would put on a network TV thing. Yeah. Uh, I don't want to get into too it. much. They did well with explaining it. Oh, yeah, yeah. I don't want to spoil anything either. Cause yeah. it's such, it was, I'm glad that like you and I didn't spoil it for me. Um, oh yeah. I tried. I don't, think, I, I don't think Donnie was actually able to watch it to the end. Was he? No, he was not. He, that sucks. Uh, he, he died less than a month before the finale. Yeah, that sucks. Out. Yeah, um, it was terrific. Uh, and then the the comparison to the Buddhism theory of death at the end of the yes. show, I, I think that's probably the most accurate depiction of what death is actually like. Um, but yeah, so ten stars for that for 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 being a network you know, mass produced comedy that they did a really good job with, with actual intellectual, intellectual conversations and talking about things in a way that was 
humorous, but also um, meaningful. So, yeah. And it was an NBC Thursday night comedy, um, which if you remember Thursday night comedies on NBC in the nineties were all these major like friends and Frasier yeah. and like super large comedies. And then in the aughts and teens, uh, they changed it a lot to a different type of comedy where you had like your parks and rec, you had your, yeah. the office, and then you even had like community and the good place was on Thursday night comedies for a while. Um, uh, which this, like, as I heard someone say it, it more elitist type comedy, like that nobody watches, but a certain group of people. And it's so funny. Like, Oh yeah, I did like parks and rec and I did like community and I did like the good place. And there was a, group of us who watched it together online and nobody else did (laughs) i don't like uh community i've tried community i don't like it but parks and rec i love parks and rec and now i love the good place so Um, we we have to explain i don't know if we've talked about your introduction to community i don't know if you remember this i don't know go ahead so adam's first time ever watching community if i remember correctly he came over to my house and i was watching it uh and it was the episode, it was season three, episode four, I think, which is the one where they have all the different timelines. Now, most people, if you have not watched Community, you may not know this episode. And this episode was just loved by the fans, but not really well received by people who aren't fans of the show at the time. If you've ever seen the one where it shows Donald Glover holding a pizza box and fire this meme where there's fire everywhere and someone's trying to put out the fire and he's just standing there like what happened that is from this episode so okay uh, uh, yeah i remember that i thought it was fucking stupid yeah Yeah. that that was one of the things that almost got community canceled because all the fans of the show really love that episode but everyone else is like what the heck is the show doing So yeah. it was a very divisive one. But if you've seen the meme online. So really it's your fault I don't like Community because you decided that would be my gateway into that show and it didn't we work. We didn't know what that episode was going to be. We should have got <laughs> you in on Modern Warfare, which is the paintball episode, the first one, uh, which uh, was directed by Justin Lin before he went on to direct, uh, I think he directed Fast and Furious movies. Oh boy, here we go. And then they did a second uh, episode of Paintball the next season which were directed by the russos before they went on to do adventure avengers movies so like okay. this is how some famous famous action movie uh directors got their start was on community of all of this little thursday night comedy uh, <laughs> i just feel like so my biggest issue with that with with that show and i think most modern tv shows is it's too try hard you know what i mean i feel like there's a lack of authenticity that that, i mean i might just be biased but i feel like every time i try and watch a new show i try watching um the american the the on on amazon have you seen it it's about like uh, russian spies living in america Uh. I, I watched like one episode it was too try hard i i stopped watching it same thing with ozark i tried watching ozark couldn't get into it i love jason bateman i loved him in um arrested development and then i like all of his movies but in ozark i hated it i watched it for one episode and i was like this is too fucking try hard same thing with um what was the show i just mentioned um 
Americans? Yeah, the Americans. I don't know who the fuck is in that, but I, like I try watching these shows. People are like, oh, these shows are great. I I can't get into them. Sorry. I like uh, there are not many shows I watch, and I'm like, oh, I'm not gonna do this after people have recommended. The last two I remember were uh someone recommended Breaking Bad. I never started it. So I never did I don't either. Know. Yeah. Uh but we were recommended House of Cards back before we learned Kevin Spacey was a creep. Yeah. Uh, and uh, we watched the first episode. So I watched this first episode and it looks like, and he gets screwed over politically or something. He's like, yeah. we're going to have to stay up all night and think about this. And he's just like smoking a cigarette. And he's like, we're just going to have to spend all night thinking about this. And it's like, first of all, you're a politician. You're, you're a, you're a terrible, you're like a terrible human. Who's a politician. And you didn't think you get screwed over. Yeah. That's on you. You're, you're, you do not show confidence that you know what you're doing. You look like a kid who just got into politics and like, I can't believe I got screwed over. Uh, <laughs> and I thought that was so stupid. And he's like, we're going to stay up all night thinking about what we're going to do. And it's like, shouldn't you already be like Strategy. three steps ahead of this? Yeah. I do not understand why you need to stay up all night smoking a cigarette, thinking about how you're going to get, I don't know. I thought it was the dumbest thing ever. <laughs> I liked House of Cards until until the episode where he got shot and then he survived. And I was like, okay, this is, I'm over it. Like I stopped watching after that. Yeah. So whatever happened after Kevin Spacey came out with his little, whatever the fuck happened, whatever. I, I didn't mean, want, yeah. I feel like in hindsight, I was the smart person for not supporting a Kevin Spacey project there. Kill me. I mean, potentially. Uh, yeah. But. And then the other one I never got into was I watched one episode of Black Mirror and I thought it looked perfect, like the type of stuff I would like. Yeah. The episode I watched, which was about going into virtual reality into a horror haunted house or something, and it did a double fake out something that was a very cliched. It did a very cliched ending, like the 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 big wrap up of the ending was something I've seen done so many times before that I was like, I couldn't watch anymore because I was like, there's nothing original about this this is supposed to be original and really get into stuff. And I'm like, they're just using old tropes. Right. And they're not even like what I liked about community community uses a lot of tropes, but it's making fun of the tropes and it's teaching you the tropes. Uh, I think you have to watch to me, watching community in a certain way is the way you watch it. Uh, which I think is why not many people got it because mm. it's not for, it's not a great show unless you watch it a certain way, which I will say that sounds elitist, but it also is like, well, Dan Harmon is not known for his uh, his wide appeal. Right. Uh, Dan Harmon created Community. He also created the Sarah Silverman show. He also created Rick and Morty. Um, I don't like any of those shows. So I never got into it. I don't know why so many people love Rick and Morty. I watched it. I was like, it's okay. It's a comedy. You know, I really don't understand. Why the fuck do so many people like Bob's Burgers? I have no idea. I don't get that either. Yeah. To me, I will I say, though, to me, the best cartoon overall, uh, if you count the from start to finish, to me, it's Futurama. I, I like agree. Futurama, King of the Hill. Oh, yeah. King of the Hill. King of the two. Hill. The problem King of the Hill had, of course, was it got shuffled and it really, the last few seasons, it never had a good finale, which sucks. Uh, Futurama got its finale three times. Yeah. <laughs> And King of the Hill deserved to have a final, like, at least half season. And you can get into all the stuff that happened to King of the Hill of how it got screwed over for Family Guy, which was literally running the same jokes over and over again. The Simpsons, which is literally running the same 
jokes over and over again. Um, American Dad, which at the time was literally running the same jokes over and over again. I don't know if it still is. But it was it was Bob's Burger that took their spot on fucking yeah. on Sunday nights. And people was, love it. I'm like, nah. I don't understand it. Yeah. All right, let's get into one more topic and then we'll we'll wrap it up. Yes. What do you know about Windows 11 so far? Oh, whoops. I think I was muted. Well, let's see. I have one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve. I have twelve windows in my house. Mm. I don't think I counted them all, and I don't know how you how you would exactly count windows. But so uh, <laughs> I know nothing. I don't have a win. I don't have a PC. I only have a Mac, so I'm right. not. I'm gonna nerd out just just a little bit here for a moment. I said I I, I don't have a PC. I have a Mac. I don't know. Microsoft. If I Microsoft had a a version of Windows 11 leak like <gasps> a week and a half ago, and all these guys, all these guys oh downloaded it, downloaded it, and installed it, and ran YouTube videos about Windows 11, the 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 build that they had. And they were showing like the differences between Windows 10 and Windows 11, which are kind of minute in all honesty. And then they. They got pissed off because people were people were downloading it, but I think they intentionally like the theory is they like intentionally leaked it to hype themselves up for their big press release. Then they come out, they do this big video press release. It's like really early in the morning, and they appleified their their um, their uh, announcement. I think it was like over an hour, and it was terrible. Like the actual presentation of the whole thing was absolutely terrible they tried to do what apple did where they had different like software technicians talking about different aspects of the operating system and how it looks nicer this way and how there's a glass interface here and they move the start menu to the middle of the screen and all this stuff and so it was most of the presentation was about aesthetics very little of it was about anything technical at all and the the way they presented it was it was like they were trying to be an Apple keynote, like one of the one of the COVID Apple keynotes where they're going where app where like, you know, Tim Cook or whoever else is going around and like actually like being entertaining. You know what I mean? Like yeah. engaging. It was not engaging at all, this Microsoft thing. And uh I think it's I think it's pretty funny. But the opera, I mean, Windows level looks fine. I have a Windows computer here, but Wait. They should have spent the middle part of that presentation talking about Bill Gates <laughs> and like what the heck is going on with him and, and why is it, why did Melinda Gates divorce him? They spent uh, more time digging, making digs at Apple during or trying to make digs at Apple during the entire thing. They were like, um, no other operating system offers you this functionality, and it's like being able to take Windows, um, not Windows the operating, but like actual Windows on the computer. And like put them into like a, a an arrangement and like save the arrangement or like minimize the arrangement and have it there for you later on. No other computer or no other operating system, which is by the way a Linux functionality. No other other operating system allows you to uh, to plug into an external monitor in the same way as ours. Like, but did you did you see Apple's presentation where you can basically just switch between the iPad and, and the Mac seamlessly using the mouse now with, with the new operating system. No other operating system does that. No. 
which is very try hard. And they were digging at Apple basically at every chance they could. They're like, we welcome iMessage and iTunes and everything else on, on, on Windows. Like, yeah, well, you also have Office and Microsoft Edge on Macs. So there's a bit of, you know, cross-functionality there. Yeah. But uh, it's, anyway. it's always funny when, comp- when these giant ultra-rich companies are, like, making fun of each other. Again, they're trying to – you pick sides. Yeah. You it's, are either a Microsoft or an Apple fan. That's you exactly are, it. You are DC or you're Marvel Comics, you're Democrat, you're Republican, you're uh, Backstreet Boys, you're NSYNC. It's exactly you're one it. or the other. You can't be both. Most of us are both. I have a I have an app, a Mac computer is what I use. But you know what? Uh, I can't do games on it. Like Apple gaming, yeah. it sucks. Yeah, it uh, does. And yeah. I Excel sucks. I love Excel. There's a lot of work stuff I do with Excel. It just sucks on a Mac. Like, yeah. It's not as good as it is on Windows. Um, most of us really don't care. <laughs> At the end of the day, we just want to <laughs> have some fun and be happy. I'm not like, I'm not a, nin- I play Nintendo games because I like the Legend of Zelda and Super Mario Brothers. And I don't want to spend a lot of money on it consoles every generation. So I picked Nintendo. I didn't pick Nintendo because I think it's the better company. I picked Nintendo because it had the games I wanted. But I really, I think PlayStation 5 or Xbox is fine. So I don't know why these companies like are pitted against each other. I just And think, I don't think Nintendo is pitting against Xbox or PlayStation anymore. I think there's a role for, for, uh, like Microsoft's role has always been to be a business and professional operating system. They do Excel, they do Word, they do PowerPoint. That's their role. They do them really well. That's their role. But as soon as they try and branch out of that, I mean, they do gaming really well too, but as soon as they try and branch out of that and become what Apple is, which is more creativity Final Cut Pro, um, Photoshop, you know, then, and then when they change the presentation style to match Apple's as if, you know, it it doesn't work as well. If they made a laptop that was literally like this uh, 13 inches or so, and its only job was to do Microsoft Office, that's all it did. You Mm. create, you save, and you can, and it has internet capabilities like you can email but it had, it was just Microsoft office and it was like a hundred dollars. Yeah. I would probably buy that. Oh because yeah. That's is really great. And it's just a very dedicated work computer. Well, that's exactly what Chrome is. The Chromebook. It's a cheap Google Chrome OS, which is a Linux based operating system. And it's only job is internet. Like it has Chrome installed and then you install uh, Chrome extensions for everything else. Like there are Chrome extensions for all the Chrome office things like docs and sheets and everything else. And then that's it. That's yeah. all it is. And it's very cheap. There's like $200 laptops. They have like it's- zero storage, um, very minimal RAM because you don't do anything. Yeah. On them. yeah. I would like just a Microsoft one like that. And you don't need much because any file you save is like, well, once you have OneDrive, you're good to go because you can save it in the cloud. Yeah. So you well, I mean, even know. I would like it like you could save it on the computer, but you don't save that much on the computer because you're not storing like pictures. You're just storing like very small things. Yeah. It's, none of it's super large. It's not gigabytes worth of 
it would take a lot of things you would have to save to hit a gigabyte. Yeah. Uh, Excel does not, I mean, I guess some people, I should say like the type of Excel sheets I'm working on are uh, in the megabytes and not even a hundred megabytes. Uh, right. But I'm sure some get pretty high uh, because of what Excel does. Like just an Excel computer would be awesome. <laughs> because there's a lot, if you've ever used Excel for those of you who are listening who love it, I, Excel can do pretty much anything. Uh, that you want it to in a lot of really cool ways. And I've used it for so many things in previous jobs. Uh, I created so many things just using Excel and learning Excel and it worked great. Yeah. And you can make games on it. I was working, I was in my free time. I worked on a game that I never put out. Um, in Excel? Yeah, in Excel. I was going to make an Excel game. It was, it was a sequel to a calculator game I was making in high school. Where is uh, this? Why do we not have it? I, neither got completed. I will have uh, to, I don't have Excel. Uh, again, that was on a Windows and now I have a uh, Mac. So they don't really work as well, but maybe someday I'll complete it. Or maybe I should do it in like Google so we can put it online. Hmm. Uh, I gotta learn, maybe I'll learn a little bit of coding and we can put it on our website, this little stupid game. That'd be cool. All right. So yeah, Windows 11, Mark Hoppus, Liminal Spaces, good place. Got through a lot tonight. So. Uh, and hold on. I'm, I'm making a lot of noise. Sorry. Oh, oh, oh. Today's Joe Biden. Today, today uh, today's word of the day was try hard. <laughs> I, I, I'm telling you. Uh, they want to come at the government they're going to have to come more than with with just nine millimeters and and shotguns because we have jets and nuclear weapons okay we're the government that's kind of what he said anyway joe biden I keep hitting my mic uh so that's not very asmr no it's, it's not it's fine you know it's very relaxing to people All right so uh Thank you for listening to the Ed Pencil Podcast. Yes, I've been Adam. And I've been Jess. And if you hate ASMR, I'm sorry, please. We will be back next time not doing ASMR. I don't even know if ASMR is the right acronym or is it AMSR? I don't remember. Honestly, I forget. Oh, crap. Now I don't know either. (laughs) (laughs) So anyway, we will be back uh, next time in normal voice. in probably exasperated voice at times. Uh, and just remember, it's about the insider versus outside. <laughs> that was it like is. two seasons ago for us. I know. Now we're about divisiveness, is what we're talking about yeah. now. Yeah. Each season right. has its own thing. Uh, but we will uh, eventually I'll I'll upload my uh, my my video that I was doing that I've been talking about for like the past three podcasts. Yeah. yeah speaking of that. Still haven't uploaded it. I got a new recording device, a uh, new way to record video games. So, uh, Did you? Ma- well, yes. So I got a Retron 5, I should say. Oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Adam and I talked about this. I think, Adam, you have one as well, don't you? I do, but it's not, it's not with me where I am at the moment. No. It is in a storage uh, unit in Tennessee. Yeah, so uh, I should do a review of it uh, for a game a co- a console that came out like seven years ago. <laughs> Uh, but so far I have played Super Mario World and Super Mario Brothers and uh, Super Mario uh, Land 2. 
uh, a lot of Super Mario games were nearby that I could test on it. Um, but uh, yeah. uh, maybe talk a little bit more about that in the future. Uh, yes. And uh, that's, 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 uh, uh, you could yes, do a retro and five review on. I could do a review. And I do plan once in November. The goal is I will do an unboxing of the Zelda uh, Game and Watch. I need to order that as well. Yeah. And, yeah. Uh, and play some Zelda. And uh, I'll always play Zelda. Probably won't be putting all the Zelda playing that I'm doing on the interwebs, but some mm. of it will get on the interwebs. Yeah. And maybe Adam and I will do a, a playthrough at some point where we do a quick uh, game or some play some Mario Kart. We should do that sometime. Yeah. Talk, talk in Mario Kart. Yep. All right. That's it for today. Thanks yes. for listening. Yes. Maybe Adam. we'll cut out all that ASMR stuff. No, we won't. It'll, it'll stay in. I'm not editing any of this. Not oh, boy. Day. This is going to be uh, <laughs> this is gonna be wild because I, I know there are a few times where I said the wrong thing and got probably some of you probably got confused. Because uh, no, I'm pretty sure I said I have a Windows and not a Mac at one point. I don't think you did. Just oh, to be clear, you have a Mac and not a Windows. Yeah, I have a Mac and not a Windows, but I thought I said the opposite, and then I went to correct myself, and I think I screwed it up again. <laughs> so I don't know. It's we don't fine. know what we're doing in here. <laughs> we're not even scripting any of this. So Yes, fine. we did have some notes, but... Yeah, we did. We went way off those notes with Jurassic Park and uh, some boy bands. <laughs> yeah, that was true. <laughs> I was like, what? Oh. Okay, anyway. All right. Finally, I've been Adam. I've been Jess. And thanks for listening. Yes. Till next time. Life is not written in ink. We change, we grow, we make mistakes, we learn, and eventually we fade away. Life is written in pencil. Thank you for listening to the In Pencil Podcast.